0: Hey, hey! hey, Good morning. Promise of victory. Give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. So, before I get started into my sermon this morning, we've got a couple of special things that you're going to get to be part of. And uh, everything that is healthy grows, uh, and and that's that's an organization, that's an organism, that's that's a body, that's that's a family. Anything that's healthy is is growing, and. Uh, Growing Pains comes along with growth, but that's another sermon for another time. But we are going to celebrate two different kinds of growths here this morning before we get started. The first is our church is growing. And go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap. Yes. We're thankful. We're grateful. I moved here. October will be 20 years ago. I moved here and there were 13 faithful souls in a church. And today we are thrilled to announce that we've got new members uh, to join our fellowship here at Promise of Victory, people that have went through the expand class, and they are now going to be starting into ministry opportunities. And I'm, I've got their uh, names that's going to be here on the wall. Let's welcome this morning the new Promise of Victory members. Go ahead, yeah, give it up for them. We're thankful. We're growing. Troy Lynn Boggs, Deb Flew Hardy, Tony Hill. Uh, is that Jada? That should be Jada. What, or is it Jaja? I'm not going to butcher it anymore. You see what it is. Sam, I am Casper, Jenny Sowers, and Carrie Ut. Let's give it up for them one more time. We welcome you. God bless you. I'm going to have to talk to her after church and find out exactly how to. I thought her name was Jada. It is. Okay. So it was uh, not my fault this time. We're also growing because healthy things grow. Uh, the best way to grow a big church is to have young people and tell them to be fruitful and multiply. And you just, instead of getting members from other churches, you know, you just grow from within. And at Promise of Victory, we've always celebrated it when new children are born into the fellowship. And we happen to have two of our staff members that got married several years ago. And we have uh, been blessed as a congregation with little baby Ezra Rain. And I'm going to ask Pastors Israel and Charity to bring that baby up here this morning. Hallelujah, and of course he's asleep. Why wouldn't he be asleep? They're always asleep when they're getting ready to be dedicated to the Lord. Now, I want to say a few uh, things before uh, I invite the family to come up here, because I do want the family to come up here. This, this is what God intended. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't have any uh, sermon that I'm going to give you. Uh, this is not part of my message, but this is what God intended. When he put two people in a garden and told them to be fruitful and multiply, that's not very ambiguous. It's pretty direct. It's pretty straightforward. He said, I made them male and female, and I told them to be fruitful and multiply because this is how that works. Uh, We were made in his image and likeness, and he has offspring and children. And I know everybody can't physically have offspring and children, uh, but you get the idea. God has a format and a plan for everything. This is God's plan. And I think in, in the year that we live, not just uh, 2021, but just in the generation that we live, we ought to celebrate it when people are, are stretching themselves to become part of God's plan. Because this is what God intended for humanity. And until he comes back to get us, this is what he said. He said, I put the seed in everything so that it will reproduce after its own kind. And that, this is worth celebrating. So we're going to dedicate this child to the Lord, but I want to say that I'm thankful for young people that are still stretching themselves because those of us that have children, you know they don't stay like this very long. And you think this, one is, you think this age is tough until you have to experience all the rest of them. Can somebody say amen? <laughs> this stage is really hard until you have all the rest of them. Yeah, amen. So I want to, at this point in time, invite the family to come up, and if you would, just come up and find somewhere to stand uh, around this this lovely couple. I know we got uh, Conleys coming from everywhere. You know, we had thirteen people in this church; six of them was Conleys, and they have taken that 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 message to heart. They have been fruitful. Uh, Phil and Gary their wives have been fruitful now charity is getting on board and, and there's I'm, I mean there's Conley's all over this place and we're grateful we're thankful that God has knit us together and, and joined us together but most importantly we're thankful that people are faithful enough to the Lord to say we want this child to serve God when they are my age when 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 Ezra is as old as I am I want him standing if the Lord remains and the world is still here I want him to be dedicating his own children to the Lord this is called heritage and it is to be celebrated and I'm thankful to be part of it and would you one more time give them a hand clap and normally I would take the child and do a little Lion King demonstration but he is out and I'm gonna let him stay out I'm gonna ask my bride if she would come over here because I don't if he wakes up and starts screaming at me I'm liable to scream back so church it takes a village to raise a child but it needs to be a godly village it needs to be a village that is pointing the child in the right direction and so as we offer him up to the Lord I want to charge not only the family but I want to charge you the extended family to be involved and invested in children you may not ever speak to the children the bigger we get the less chance there is that you will actually have physical contact but you are mandated to pray for them you are mandated to cover them with with godly prayer and ask God to use them and to anoint them and to bless them and most of all to draw them close to him so I'm going to charge the family That as little Ezra grows older and gets bigger, you have to make an investment into his life. You have to be the one speaking God into him. You have to be the one instructing him in righteousness. You have to be the one to set the example because he will pick up on things that you never intend for him to pick up on. He will learn from you, and he will learn things that you did not intend to teach. The good, the bad, and all the ugly so when you go to the Lord in prayer you need to remember baby Ezra is following my example God order my steps to follow yours this is my charge I make to you and church body the charge I make to you is to support the family to support the children and most of all to hold one another up in prayer not only should we hold one another accountable but before we can ever hold someone accountable you can't hold anybody accountable that you haven't prayed for you can't judge somebody's motivations and their uh, ideas and their actions until you have took them to the Lord. So that's what we're going to do right now. Are you ready? Would you stretch your hands forward this morning and ask God's choicest blessings on this baby and the family. Father God, I lift right now in prayer baby Ezra, and I'm asking your blessings on his life. I'm asking you, God, to fill him with your Holy Ghost at a young age that his heart would be turned toward you, that his mind would be receptive to receive you, that his parents will call themselves blessed because of the spirit of cooperation and the spirit of God and Christ that is going to rest in baby Ezra. God, I let me speak over his life right now that he won't go the way of so many children and, and have the testimony that he strayed and had to come back. But God, let me secure his faith In you right now, God And let him have the testimony that he walked with you all the days of his life Let the way before him be straight Let the light of the gospel shine on his path And help us and his family be an example for him to follow Not only today, God, but every day A godly example, a Christian example And strengthen him, strengthen mama, strengthen father strengthen the whole family together in Christ Jesus name Amen and Amen He just made his first stage appearance in the house of God. Many more to come, I'm certain. So before you leave, we want to present baby Ezra with his first Bible. I expect him to preach his first sermon out of it, or prophesy out of it, or cast some devils out with it, but this is his first Bible. We want to present it to him as his church family. I think he's got a crush on the pastor's wife, and that's okay. Hallelujah. How precious. How precious. Thank you, Conley family. Thank you, Smith family. We love you. God bless you for sharing that moment with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? I'm thankful that I've been able to be part of something like that many, many times through my ministry. Um, I would rather dedicate babies than preach funerals any day of the week. Uh, I I, I would rather dedicate babies than do weddings. Um, Not that I don't believe in weddings. I do. But have you ever met Bridezilla? That's another sermon for another time. This morning, I want to close out our series that we have titled trapped this is our final week of our series Mm -hmm. and the reason it's our final week is not because I ran out of stuff to preach about I actually had another sermon scheduled for this series and I was torn between which two topics that I should choose for this final message I was contemplating a sermon that I titled Trapped in the land of make believe. Because I was going to talk to you about how we get trapped by memories of the past when God is trying to do a new thing. But beginning next week, which is Labor Day weekend, through the weekend of Halloween, I'm going to be doing, and I'm going to have some help doing it, I'm going to be doing a series on the Bible. And we're going to go all the way through the Bible in about nine weeks. And the reason I needed to get that done is because the following four weeks, the last four weeks of the year, we have a sermon series where we're going to be doing Christmas at the movies. And so we're going to be, uh, uh, I've already got the, the, the next rest of my sermons planned out, so I needed to stop this series. And so I went to the Lord and asked Him which one I should finish this sermon series out with. And this was the one that I felt in my spirit was the most beneficial for you and for me. If you don't help me preach this morning, I will preach to myself. Because I'm going to preach a a sermon this morning called Trapped With Your Mouth Wide Open. Mm. Trapped With Your Mouth Wide Open. Mm. We have used this definition each week to define what trapped looks like so let's use it one more time trapped means to catch an animal in a trap to prevent someone from escaping a place or have something typically a part of the body held tightly by something so that it cannot move or be freed hmm so today the part of the body that we're going to talk about that isn't letting someone get free is their mouth you can be trapped with your mouth wide open let's discuss this shall we this is a story numbers chapter 13 of when israel is being blessed don't you want god to bless you don't you want God to bless your children? Don't you want God to bless you in every way that you walk? Mm-hmm. Well, this is a story of when Israel was being blessed, but they blew it. Ain't it a shame how you work so hard to get God to show you favor and bless you, and then when He finally does, you mess it up? This is the story of what happens here in Numbers chapter 13, beginning with verse 1. The Lord said now to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan the land I am giving to the Israelites send one leader from each of the twelve ancestral tribes jump down to verse 17 Moses gave the men these instructions can I stop right there and just implore you that if God gives you instructions you don't need to seek further instructions you know how much trouble we would save ourselves if we would just do what he told us to do and stop all the other stuff we try to add extras into everything that God. God makes things so simple and we complicate it Moses gave these men these instructions as they go out to explore the land go north through the Negev into the hill country look what verse 18 starts with see what the land is like find out whether the people living there are strong or weak few or many verse 19 see what kind of land they live in is it good or bad do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps is the soil fertile or poor are there many trees Do your best to bring back samples of the crops that you see. That little word see keeps showing up. It happened to be the season for harvesting the first ripe grapes. Listen to the instructions. This is what he said. He said, Moses gave the men these instructions that Moses got directly from God. Go and see. That's it. All God said was go and look. And and the, the issue is, when we start adding to what God instructs us to do, we're always inviting complications to come in when God is trying to show us favor. We ask Him for favor. We beg Him for blessings. We implore, heaven, God, please open up your blessings and give it to me. And then when God gives us instructions to operate in that favor, we start adding stuff he wants god wants something to happen here let's look at what god's trying to do he wants this blessing to be stuck in their head he wants them to see how big the fruit are he wants them to see the richness of the land he says this is what i'm giving to you i want you to look at it and i want you to take a good long hard look at it so moses tells them Go and see what God is talking about. And then he said, And come back and tell everybody else what you saw. He said, Get over there with them big old grapes and start taking some selfies so you can show everybody what you're looking at, what you saw when you went over there. Why does God want them to look at the blessing? Why does God want them to be fixated on their blessing? I'll tell you why. Because he wants the blessing stuck in their head. Do you know how many things are trying to get access to your mind right now? I'm not talking about in 2021. I'm not talking about in the Christmas season. I'm talking about right now while I'm speaking words of life over your head, there are other things trying to get into your head. While I am giving you life-giving word, there is, hey, what's that going on over there? Hey, what's that kid doing? Hey, hey, I wonder what time the pastor's going to quit. I wonder if that restaurant's open. I wonder if I left the oven on back at the house. There's things that are trying to infiltrate your brain even while I am speaking life over you. It's trying to get in. It's trying to discombobulate. It's trying to mess with you. And if you're not careful, he'll even use your neighbor to do it. He will use innocuous Innocent things to distract you from what God is trying to say to you. Why? Because the devil's always trying to add to what God is doing. Because God is enough all by himself, and the enemy knows that the more he can distract you, the more he has access to. God says, Go and see. Why? Because I'm going to give you a formula in a few moments that is going to teach you something and this is what it's going to teach you what you see is what you get what you see is what you get now I want you to understand something we're in Numbers chapter 13 Exodus chapter 1 is when we were introduced to Moses Moses grows up becomes a grown man at 40 years of age he is encountering God on the backside of the desert and God sends him to Pharaoh To tell Pharaoh to let God's people go you know the story and if you don't know it in a few weeks you will because I'll be preaching through it whence God split the Red Sea brought them out of Egyptian bondage in one night from that point to now one year has passed 12 months from the time they escaped Egypt to the time of numbers 13 there's been one year passed on the calendar they will spend the next 39 years walking in circles because of the missed opportunity of this moment don't tell me moments don't matter don't tell me you've got moments to waste because of this one all of this history that we have with them since they left Egypt happened in one year now for the next 39 years their life is going to be put on hold their destiny is going to be put placed on pause all because of one missed moment. God delivers them from slavery he provides daily for them he protects them continuously and he leads his people toward the promise of goodness and he does it forever but God does not force you to be blessed. He presents blessing. He invites you to walk in the pathway of blessing. But God does not force you to live a blessed life. If you keep reading Numbers chapter 13, jump down to verse 25. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men return. To Moses Aaron and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran they reported to the whole community what they had seen that's good because that's what they were supposed to do they were supposed to see and come tell them what they saw so we're good so far and they showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land this was their report verse 27 This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's a sample of the fruit that it produces. Stop right there, and we are good. Stop right there, and they have completed their task. Moses told them to go see their job is done however verse 28 starts out with the word but in other words they did what God told them to do but they had to add something to it but the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified we even saw giants there and we'll jump down to verse 30 and it says but Caleb tried to quiet the quick people as they stood before Moses and Caleb said let's go up at once and take the land we can certainly conquer it but the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed we can't go up against them they're stronger than we are pay attention to the report so they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites hold on a minute before we read any farther what did Caleb and Joshua just say what did every everybody was in agreement that the land is good everybody on what they saw which was their order tell us what you saw and where we get into trouble is when we go from what we're supposed to do to what we feel Because now we're about to open our mouths Be trapped with our mouth wide open Because we're not telling what God showed us We're telling what we felt about it And he says, or the the report, a bad report about the land The land we traveled through and explored Will devour anyone who goes there Who goes to live there all the people say all all the people we saw were huge we even saw giants there the descendants of Anak next to them we felt like grasshoppers oh and now we're just going to completely speculate because that and that's what they thought too as if you are a mind reader now do you notice that the longer they talked the worse the report got they were good when they were just doing what God told them to do tell us what you saw but then they began to give commentary and the majority report was kinda true and kind of speculation which means it was a total lie they exaggerated the threat listen to what they said all the people there are huge really everybody there there wasn't no normal-sized humans there there wasn't no babies there there wasn't no five-foot six-inch individuals there all a bit really really do you don't, don't listen this is not for you this is for your neighbor but you know how often we do that same thing this is the worst day of my life really you mean since yesterday when you said this is the worst day Of my life really dramatic much everybody at some point needs to adjust their crown that they wear because they are a drama queen and that's what's going on in this passage really all the people were huge we were like grasshoppers now I don't know i would never thought of this I've been preaching for 25 years I had never thought of this until about last year do you realize the scale that these individuals, these jokers, if they were like grasshoppers, if Caleb and Joshua and the other ten were like grasshoppers, do you understand the scale? These jokers had to be 150, 200 feet high. But that's what we do. When we see something and we look through our lens instead of through God's lens, we, all, we always tend to exaggerate how big the problem is we always seem to magnify the situation and listen to what else they said this land will devour anybody who goes there to live really really didn't you just go there and come back ain't you here right now and it didn't devour you so what we end up doing church is we exaggerate the problem we start spreading lies and we don't realize we're being trapped with our mouth wide open we usually overestimate the size of our challenge because we underestimate the size of our God and what that ends up doing is costing us precious time because pretty soon everybody is believing a lie and they spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness when it should have been 11 days. So how do you handle lies when they try to settle in your mind? How do you handle the enemy's lies when they try to settle and make up a a residence in your head? God's truth is the weapon you use against the lies that are trying to set up camp in your head. God's truth. Somebody say God's word. God's truth god's will Uh uh-huh and and how come that's the last thing some of us quote you quote the doctor you quote fox news you quote cnn you quote MSN. they say this is spreading they say this is trouble they say there's going to be a housing class they say the economy they say the medical back they who are they anyway I don't know who they are but I do know who he is and I know ultimately he's the one in charge of everything I wish I had a witness at this church because I'm going to teach you something right here with this next verse out of James chapter 1 I'm going to teach you something James chapter 1 verse 22 says but don't just listen to God's Word you must do what it says so let me give you a teachable moment if you don't catch nothing else I say this morning this was worth your trip to church we already know more than we're doing you have heard enough preaching you have heard enough testimonies you have sang enough songs you should be freer than you are you should be farther than you are you should be in less trouble than you are I'm not, I'm just gonna go ahead and I told you I'm gonna talk to myself but the reason we're not where we should be could be is not because we don't know any better it's because we are not doing what we know to do now it is good to want to learn please do not misinterpret what I'm about to say but I've been doing this for a minute and I've seen people get saved and go off the deep end they want to go to six or seven Bible studies a week they're in all kinds of churches in all kinds of towns they're not vetting nobody they're sitting under every pastor in, the, in, the, in America They're in church on Sunday morning at their church and then Sunday night they're over here and Tuesday night prayer over here and Wednesday night Bible study over here and Friday night service they're over here with this other group. And God, I believe, is asking us at some point, have you you done anything with what I've already taught you? You keep going around trying to get knowledge and trying to get a word, but what have you done with the word that I have already provided to you? Because until you do something with the one I already gave you, it ain't going to do me any good to send you anymore. Uh, I thought it would get quiet in here. See, I I have a, a statement I came up with years ago. Spiritual information without application leads to spiritual constipation because you can be full of it. You can get all kinds of preaching. You can have every preacher in the valley lay hands on you, dump enough oil on your head to fry chicken, and until you start doing what they taught you to do, why would God waste another word? Why would he waste more revelation if you're not doing with what you already have? So what have we done with what he's already shown us? God wanted the Israelites to see the good of the land because what you see... Affects what you say And what you say Creates what you possess Did he put that up there right? Did, did pastor really mean That I create what I have? Absolutely It's not mama's fault It's not daddy's fault If you trace back Who you are right now You have to stop playing the victim. Because who you are and what you possess came from what you spoke and what you spoke came from what you saw and there's two things I'm going to teach you before I let you go this morning two reasons only two that you are trapped with your mouth wide open God wanted them to see what he saw but two things hindered it number one they couldn't see it because of the thorns and weeds what do you mean by that pastor well I'm glad you asked in Mark chapter 4 the Bible says that the Word of God is a seed Bible tells us that a man sowed seed and it fell on good good ground and that's good because when good seed hits good ground there's good growth but it also said that same seed fell on stony ground It also said that same seed fell in the, the, the path and people walked on it it also said that that same seed fell among thorns and weeds and it got choked out the seed is the same I'm gonna say it again the seed is the same what was different was the soil uh, a scientist could take that seed and look at it under a microscope and find out that there is life in the seed if it's an apple seed, it has apples in it. If it is a rose bush seed, it has rose blossoms in it. And it's the same principle in your life. You are a seed. You are full of gifts and talents and potential, but you need to plant yourself in the right soil. And in other words, if you hang out among the thorns, And the weeds, don't be surprised if the word that gets put into you gets choked out of you before you ever realize it in your life. What do I mean by that? Mm, I'm going to get personal for a minute. Are Are you ready for this? Okay, because if you hang around friends that compromise, if you hang around folks that pull you down, If you're in an environment that is limited with people that tell you what you cannot do or cannot become, you will never see the growth that you should see. Not because there's something wrong with your seed, because you are made in the image of God. The problem is with the soil. If you put your seed into rocky ground, if you put your seed among thorns and weeds, you are choking the life out of the seed that God placed in you. Jesus tells us that the, the weed and the thorns aren't found in good soil. That's why you have to be selective. I, I'm, I'm going to slow down. You know how I get. I get excited. I start talking real fast, and y'all start clapping and stop listening. But I need you to listen to this. So I'm going to slow down, calm myself down a minute. <sighs> because you will never find. Good growth in poor soil. So you got to be selective with who you give your time and your energy and your attention to because people are contagious. And I'm not just talking about the COVID. I mean you're gonna catch whatever they have. And I, I'm gonna go one step further. If they are h- hateful, you will catch that if they are mean-spirited you will catch that if they got a bad attitude and have no faith you will catch that oh let me just go a little bit deeper since I got you on the ropes let me give you a sucker punch if they are bigots you will become one if they got racist issues then you're gonna find out you're seeing life through a different kinda lens you need to be selective with who you plant yourself around because what they are you are becoming and if that's not gonna hit somebody this morning then I don't need to be preaching anymore listen if your friends are prejudiced you're going to become prejudiced if your friends have limited thinking and they don't have any goals and they're not motivated that narrow-minded mentality is going to rub off on you if they're a slacker you're going to think like a slacker because you're going to become the people that you continually associate with so don't hang around people that don't have anything you don't want if they're not making you better they're not inspiring you they're not causing you to grow if they need to make some changes, then you might need to make some changes too. And here's the changes I'm going to inspire you to make. Pull up some weeds out of your garden so that your garden can flourish. Quit hanging around them thorny friends. I don't care if you did go to high school with them. I don't care if they were your dog. Listen, if they're talking down about their wife and you wonder why you mad at your wife every time y'all hang out, now you know why. If they don't have any dreams to be better, if they're not pulling you closer to God, if they're not taking you toward the promised land, but they're telling you that there's too many giants that live there, then those people are not adding value to your life. I don't care how many high school football games you played together. Well, pastor, what if I hurt their feelings? What if you miss your destiny? What if you miss your promised land? What if you yoke yourself up to the wrong people and they choke out your seed and keep you from blossoming? I'm going to give you some truth right here, and it's going to hurt somebody, and I'm, I'm ready to accept it. What you're unwilling to walk away from is where you will stop growing. What you're unwilling to walk away from is where you will stop growing, and that's an attitude, that's a habit, that's an addiction, and that's people. If you know that they are no good for you and you refuse to walk away from it, that's where you stop growing. If a person is pulling you down, if an addiction is pulling you down, if a bad attitude is pulling you down and you refuse to make a change, you will be stuck right where you are because your seed cannot grow in bad soil. In the Scripture, God told Abraham to go. He said, go. And he said, go this way. Abraham said, where am I going? I'll tell you when you get there. How long is going to take? You'll know when I tell you to stop. And here's what God told Abraham. God said, take your family. And Abraham did that. Do what God says, just obey. Stop adding. Stop adding. We always get in trouble when we add. When God says to go and we go, that's great. But Abraham took his nephew Lot. God didn't tell him to take Lot. God said, Take his wife and his kids, or he didn't have any kids, said take his wife, he took his nephew. It's not too long before they're having a fallen out. They've split up. Lot gets in trouble, gets taken captive. Abraham has to go chase him down, whoop a bunch of people, kill some folks just to get Lot and his people back from bondage, and none of it should have happened if he would have walked away from who God told him to walk away from. You use a lot of energy. You use a lot of stuff that you should be using on something else by not walking away from folk who God don't want you to be with. Pastor, this is hard. I know it's hard. But it's truth I'm nice to everybody Or I try to be I I try to be nice to everybody But I don't spend my time with everybody I'm selective about who I allow into my life I I, I try, you know, I'll shake your hand I'll I'll, I'll pray with you I'll make pleasantries with you But I don't spend time with negative Critical, jealous, small-minded, bitter people because I value too much what God has given to me, and God will give you a gift, and he could have created it and given it in anybody, but he gave it to you, so you need to worry about the soil that you are putting it into. Your seed can break a generational curse your seed can make you an overcomer your seed is too valuable to just be casting among people just because they live on the same street with you just because they got the last name as you just because you've known them your whole life your seed is too valuable to just be given away people listen to talk radio all the way to work and all the way home political stations where people are fussing with each other and shouting over top of each other or they listen to sports uh, talk where everybody's yelling over top of each other and and giving these strong opinions and they wonder why when they get to work they want to punch somebody in the mouth it's because of what you're putting in what you see is what you're going to start saying and what you're saying is creating the world you're living in so when you face difficult times That time is is precious, and you really need to keep your mind filled with thoughts of faith. Now, I'm not going to preach at you anymore. I'm just going to preach to myself from this point going forward. Y'all can check out. I'm just going to preach myself. Because I want to surround myself with people and with thoughts that have filled with hope and filled with faith and people and thoughts that are going to agree with me, what God thinks about me. I can't afford to have people around me that are negative and discouraged and telling me that I'm not going to make it and telling me that, I, 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 I don't know, my grandma died of that same thing. Do me a favor and get them people out of your garden. If all they can do is speak death over you, you don't need that. One time Jesus went to pray for a little girl that had died. She was dead. She was dead. And he went to pray for her. And when he walked into the house, he said, she's just asleep. And the people that was in the house Was all crying and slobbering all over the place And they started making fun of Jesus Because they said He says she's asleep Her body's cold She's dead You know what Jesus did? Kicked them out The only people allowed in the room was Peter, James, and John. You know what he was doing? He was setting an example that you need to form an environment around you of people that will believe that God is a God of the impossible, that God is able, that there is nothing that he can't do. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. People rub off on you, and if they're not growing, they'll convince you that you can't either. That's why you got to set some boundaries. Listen, I ain't telling you you got to make this big decree. You ain't got to unroll a scroll. I hereby bequeath and decree that I am no longer friends with Ernie, for he hath not the faitheth that I haveth, and I needeth to maketh a changeth. You don't have to do any of that. you just got to set up some boundaries. When you find people that don't share your vision, that aren't going anywhere spiritually, that aren't driving you toward your promised land. They're not growing. You have to set some boundaries. I love you, but I'm not going to let you poison me. I have a destiny to fulfill. I'm going to love you, but I'm going to do it from the other room. Because when I'm in here, I'm calling on the name of Jehovah, and I need to know that everybody that's in my room's got my back. That's what happened with the Israelites. God promised them the promised land, but they never did make it. Why? Because their soil got contaminated by ten spies who saw what God wanted them to see but refused to say it. A negative environment. The people you surround yourself with are extremely important, especially in difficult times. Listen, you might be sick right now. But don't go find a bunch of other sick folk to hang around. Misery loves company. Listen, if you struggle with addiction, don't hang out with addicted people. That's going to cause you to get stuck. You're going to get trapped. If you're depressed, don't go find five depressed friends so you can all be depressed together. Find some people that have what you want, not what you already have. If you're struggling with your finances, get around blessed people. Get around generous people. Get around people that are financially wise. If you tend like I do to be cynical and negative and critical, yeah, I said it. That's my natural tendency. So I don't need to stay around other negative people. I need to find people that are happy and positive and full of faith. Those are the folks I need to surround myself with in my garden. Stay away from the wrong people. Find you a Joshua and a Caleb. Why? Because fear speaks five times louder than faith fear probably should be the motto of 2020 and 2021 fear fear speaks louder than faith five times why do you think that the news agencies don't tell you the good stuff going on listen listen i'm not trying to get i ain't trying to get all over into the weeds but i've not in the last 18 months saw one time reported how many people recovered never once you know what else I've not seen I've not seen any reports on the multiple thousands of ICU units that aren't packed never I've never heard one report I've never showed any seen any Fox News or CNN roll up to a hospital and say there's plenty of beds available Here at Bedfast General. No, no, no. They don't report on that. Why? Because fear sells. And they want to make sure that your eyes are glued to something. And if they give you positive reports, it's been a well-known fact for generations that you don't tune in to good news as much as you do bad news. And this goes all the way back to these ten spies. Fear speaks five times louder than faith does. Ten spies of fear, two spies of faith. You need to train your ears to hear the small, still voice of faith. Listen to me. The critics and the naysayers, they are a dime a dozen. Ten of the 12 spies were negative. That's about average. You're going to find out about 80% of the people you know are negative. Ten out of 12, that's 80%. You're going to find out the longer you live that about 80% of the folks you know are negative people and you're gonna have to look for the 20% that's gonna tell you I know my God is able and he is gonna do it in the day of my living. Yet, you need to find folks, that will look at the situation and see what God sees and says, I know it don't look like it right now, but God's going to make you an overcomer. I know you don't see a way right now, but God can break the back of lack. I know you don't know how. I know you've been depressed. I know your mama was depressed. I know your grandpappy was depressed, but God is able to break the bondage and the chains off of you. You can do this. I beat myself up all the time over my sermons you will never criticize one of my sermons as badly as I do I beat myself up weekly I walk out of the pulpit most weeks about 90% of the time feeling like a complete and utter failure I'm gonna if Sam I am ever tries to leave I'm gonna chain him up ain't nobody makes me feel better about my preaching than he does i I know he has to go and repent for the lies he tells, but at least his lies are he lies so good to me. <laughs> Michelle has lied so good to me the whole time i've been uh, Alicia has lied so well to me over the years. I beat myself up listen i do i i I always struggle with the ability to get it across, but do you know that my wife and I'm thankful for everybody that speaks into my life, and it does help me but do you know one word from my wife can make all the difference in the world if she says something positive I mean I do I feel like Eeyore sometimes I think my spirit animals Eeyore and I will leave the pulpit and I will feel like an absolute and total failure my wife can tell me honey that was a really good sermon and I am 10 feet tall and bulletproof there ain't a devil in hell wants to come mess with this why? Because I've given her that kind of access into my life and if she says something encouraging to me, I believe it. Some of you, I feel like I need to give you an offering when you encourage me because I feel, <laughs> I feel like, well, that's a good word. I need to, you need to receive an offering. Listen, listen the people that are around you make a difference. And, and, and the words that they speak into your life makes a difference. Uh-huh. In Acts chapter 3, there was a crippled man And the Bible says that he'd been laying at the gate for years asking for money, and Peter and John was on their way to pray. You remember that story? Peter says, in the name of Jesus, or he says, that silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And the Bible doesn't say he walked. Everything stayed the same when Peter prayed. Hello? But then the Bible says Peter took him by the hand and lifted him. Some of y'all The only reason you're still walking around lame, the only reason you're still a cripple, the only reason you've still got emotional baggage that you haven't dealt with is because you've surrounded yourself with the wrong folks when you need some people in your life that's going to lift you up. You got enough people beating you down, holding you back, keeping you tied up. You got enough people out there speaking negative to you and telling you it can't happen and there's no way. You got enough people out there that are phony baloney and uh, They ain't ride till you die. They'll ride till they find a better ride. You need some people in your life that are with you to the end, that encourage you, that lift you. The Bible says he picked him up and lifted him to his feet. I'm not talking about people that just pray because sometimes prayer is a cop out. Oh, I'm praying for you. I don't believe 90% of that. I don't. Somebody says, "Oh, I'm praying for you." I see it all over Facebook. Prayers. There's a wreck on twenty-two. Prayers. 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 And I think to myself, because I'm smart, Elliot. Now I know good and well, ninety-five people did not just drop to their knees. Cause it's easy to say, "I'm gonna pray for you," and I'm just gonna be the only honest one on this Sunday morning. I have said it and not done it. I had good intentions. But I forgot totally about it. You know what I've never forgot? The people that I put my investment in and help lift them. The people that I got my hands dirty, the people that when I seen them down, I said, you know what? I'm not going to leave you like this. We're going to pray until we get a breakthrough. We're going to talk faith until we see something change. I'm going to call you. I'm going to see something manifest in your life that's going to break this thing off of your life. See, you need some people. That's what I hope promise of victory becomes. I'm going to be honest with you. We've had the great services where we're swinging from the chandeliers and leaving Jesus tracks on the ceiling. But in this new season, in this hurting season, in this wounded world season, I want people to come to church. Here because it's full of folks that won't let you stay down That when we see you down, we're just going to pick you up We're just going to lift you Oh, well, I've been hurt, that's okay A day of restoration is coming I lost my job, that's all right God's got something better around the bed I've been divorced, that's okay God is a restorer of the breach Honey, let me tell you about my Jesus He makes a way where there ain't no way You need to get around folks that are stronger, more confident, more successful, somebody that can lift you. Lame people can't lift other lame folk. Addicted people can't help addicted people up. Number two, aren't you glad I only got two points? They could not see what God saw because of what was in their mouths. So the folks that they was with influenced what they thought, which influenced what come out of their mouth. And what comes out of your mouth creates your reality. Proverbs chapter 6 says this. I've been waiting five weeks to give you this scripture. We are snared by the words of our mouth. We're trapped by the words of our mouth. I told you, I'm not preaching to you anymore. I'm preaching to myself. Because do you know that you can talk yourself out of victory? Do you know that you can talk your way right out of the promised land? God wants to bless you, but he will not force you into blessing. Negative words can keep you from your God-given destiny. Be careful what you allow to come out of your mouth. This is especially important in difficult times. Because sometimes it's easy to be negative. Hello? Well, I don't think I'm ever going to get healed. I've had this sickness for three years. No, no, no. Watch over your mouth. Don't you prophesy that defeat into your life. Don't you put that out there. Because the power of life and death is in your tongue. Words have power. Someone who is constantly complaining about what's wrong in their life is doing more than just complaining. They are substantiating negative influences, giving life to a negative atmosphere that they have to live in. You wonder why your life's so filled with trauma, so filled with drama, turmoil? Listen to what you say. Just go. You don't have to listen to your own voice. Go back and read your Facebook when it's all negative all the time no wonder you're getting what you're prophesying you're either complaining or you're conquering you can't do both we don't realize our words are what's keeping us out of the promise you can't talk defeat and expect to live in victory because the moment you speak something out you are giving life to what you're saying whether it's good or bad can't stop thoughts from coming. But the key is don't verbalize the negative. You may think it, but don't speak it out. If you're gonna say something, say what God says. I'm gonna give it to you like this. Either be positive or be quiet. <laughs> this is my new attitude. I'm trying, listen, every day I gotta, Albert, shut up. Just... Father, son, holy Ghost, whatever it takes. I baptize myself, sprinkle myself with oil, whatever it takes. I've got to shut that mouth because I'm trying to create a better life for myself. I'm trying to create a better environment for me to live in. I'm trying to create a happier environment for the people around me, the people I'm attached to. So be positive or be quiet. If you're going to say something, say what God says. I will live and not die. God is restoring health to my bones. All the day long I shall rejoice and declare the goodness of the Lord. If what I'm about to say out of my mouth is not what I want to live in, then I need to check myself before I wreck myself and give myself something that I don't want because sometimes you're inviting struggle you're inviting lack you're inviting trouble to your health and your finances and your children and your future so do yourself a favor and learn to zip it up either say what God says or don't say anything at all when Joshua was leading the people to Israel uh, uh, of Israel into the promised land they get to the city of Jericho remember this story and the walls are so high and so thick that they can't bring them down so God gives them the dumbest instructions; makes zero sense he's God he could have invented a tank he could have sent some kind of a a, 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 a bunch of elephants or something to knock the walls down here's what God says I want you for six days to march around the walls and on the seventh day march around the walls seven times and then yell at the wall. Okay, but when, then we get the battering rams, right? Okay, but then you're going to send the earthquake, right? But here's the thing, until you shout at the wall, there's a joke in here about there being no female Israelites but I don't believe it because the Bible says that when they marched around six days they weren't allowed to talk I don't believe it ladies there was there was female Israelites they (laughs) they were just able to keep it together six days don't say a word seven days on the seventh day, seven times, don't say a word. Do you want to know why? This is mitchamology. I don't have Bible to back it up. Do you want to know why I believe that they weren't allowed to talk? Because the only reason that those walls were still standing. The only reason that that city had not already been conquered. The only reason the Israelites wasn't already on the other side of that wall was because generation before them, talked themselves right out of God's blessing their parents and their grandparents had been there to have the opportunity to bring them walls down 40 years ago but their mouth got them trapped their mouth got them trapped in the wilderness and now God knows that if he lets them start walking around this city they're gonna start talking themselves out of it they're gonna be walking around going my goodness I got blisters all over my feet Joshua has surely lost his mind I sure do miss Pastor Moses he wouldn't have us out here I'm hot in this desert I got dust blowing all in my face we ain't had no fried chicken yet. I don't know what he thinks he is doing we are crazy walking around the walls and the walls haven't even cracked they would have talked themselves out of a miracle so God says you're going to shut your lips if you can't say anything right don't say anything at all Just imagine Just imagine If on the other side of that wall Is your miracle Just imagine what this preacher If right on the other side of that wall Is your healing Right on the other side of that wall is your marriage getting restored right on the other side of that wall is you paying off your house right on the other side of that wall is your prodigal son or daughter coming home and you gonna walk around that thing and talk about the sand that's blowing in your eyes and complain and get critical and get yourself your heart filled with doubt. and God says no 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 either you say what I say or zip it up and just keep walking I came to this church this morning to encourage somebody listen I'm done I had more sermon but this is is where it's at. I came here this morning to encourage somebody to just keep walking. You don't have to talk. If you can't say it right, don't say it at all. God sent me here this morning to tell you that you're tougher than you think you are. You're stronger than you think you are. you got more faith than you've given yourself credit for. God is with you. Who cares who's against you? You just gotta walk it out and keep walking. Somebody give God about 10
1: seconds of prayer. Hallelujah. Just
0: just keep just keep walking. I could I could tell you one of the benefits of being baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Is that when I really get good and anointed, the devil don't even know what it is I'm saying? <laughs> God, God because it's a heavenly language. The Bible says it's a heavenly language that only the Lord, I don't even know what I'm saying. You know what I found out? If I don't know what I'm saying, Brother Mark, I can't mess it up. I can't get in between me and my miracle. If I just learn how to pray in the Holy Ghost, then the Lord says he will receive from me what he put in me. He don't need my commentary. He don't need my help. He don't need me explaining to him how bad the national economy is he don't need me explaining to him how bad they hate me he don't need me telling him what I heard the CDC said he just needs me to say God I know who you are and you are able the generation before Joshua got to the promised land and got locked out because they could not say it right a negative attitude
1: kept them out
0: Pastor, I've been battling this for a long time. Don't say it. Pastor, our marriage is struggling. Don't don't say it. Pastor, that kid is off the rails. Don't say it. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. The same God that brought you out of Egypt is the same God that'll tear that wall down. All you have to do is keep walking. The miracle is not in you. The miracle is in what you do. The miracle is not just flowing out of your veins and and oozing out of your pores. No, 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 no. It's when you come into agreement with God and what he said. That's when the miracle starts taking place. I see no way that that wall can fall. Geologists have found what they believe are the remnants of those walls. I don't have time to get into this. Down deep in the ground. And they said it's as if the ground opened up and swallowed these walls down whole. It's not that the walls crumbled and fell. It's as if the ground itself opened and the whole wall just sunk into the ground. And if you think they had that kind of technology back then, you are out of your mind. But the God who created them and the God who created Joshua and the God who created me and the God who created you is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. And I got news for you. He's bigger than walls and he's bigger than cancer and he's bigger than COVID and he's bigger than divorce and he's bigger than prodigal sons and daughters and he's bigger than whatever negative mindset you drug into this building this morning and I'm done preaching but I wanna set something in stone with you this morning. So every person, listen, I'm not gonna talk to everybody but I am gonna talk to the negative Nellies and the naysayers. And like Paul, I stand up already because I'm chief among you. I want to talk to every person in this room that battles having a negative attitude. You, you struggle with a negative mindset. Dare I say, you complain too much. That you talk yourself out of the blessings God's trying to bring you into. I'm already standing because I'm chief among you. Blame it on my upbringing. Blame it on the people I came from. The Mitchums have a long storied history of being negative hill folk. But that's not good enough for me. I don't care what they did and how they raised me I've got another father and he's able to break this stuff off of my life and so I'm walking around daily now preaching to myself you can do this it's not as bad as you think it is Remember the last time that you was out there and the Midianites and the Jebusites came against you and God sent rain from heaven that burned up the enemy's camp and they went screaming over the hillsides. Remember what happened to little Gideon when Gideon didn't think that he was enough and all they did was bust up some vases and God confused the enemy and the enemy went running over the hillside. Well, you know what, Albert? God can do the same thing to the enemies that are attacking you. And I start laying hands on my head and I say, I got positive manifestation of thought coming into my head. I'm going to walk in faith today and not in fear. I'm going to believe my God is able today. I'm not going to let the enemy overcome my marriage or my children. I'm not going to let the enemy take my ministry. I'm going to keep myself in favor with God because if I can make him pleased with me, everybody else will be okay. I am going to speak what God wants said over my life or I'm going to shut listen child of God I know it's not always easy to speak positive so it's in those moments you have to learn to be quiet
1: just keep walking just keep
0: walking oh Holy Ghost can I just obey the Holy Ghost I know some of y'all don't know me Y'all think I'm wild. Y'all should see me when I'm really wound up. Some of y'all not ready for what's about to happen. We ain't had Jericho March in a long time. But I feel like something needs to be broken off of somebody in this church this morning. So I want every person... That needs to get their mind and their heart in tune with the Spirit of God and the Word of God so that their mouth will reflect the purpose and the will of God. I need every person that is battling negative, critical, fear-filled words. I need you to come up to the front of this church and form one line in front of this building. A lot of you are not used to this such activity on Sunday mornings. I don't apologize for obeying the Holy Ghost because I believe somebody's about to get free. My God, look at all these people coming. My God, look at all these people coming. Devil, you've ran your last course. Because there's freedom in this house. And I speak liberation. Was falling down right now my God Brother Mark you want to come up here Brother Mark here's what I want you to do I don't want you to touch one of them I don't want you to say anything I want you to start at this end and I want you to walk to that end and I want you to do it seven times. And the whole time, I want you to be telling God how he's setting them free, how he's breaking bondages, and how we rejoice, and how we celebrate. And on number seven, I want every person in here to shout victory with you. And I'm believing between then and now and now in him that God is going to break the bondage off of every person in this altar. Will you do that for me, brother? Shh. Get your mind right. Set your mind on God. Set your mind on the things of God and the things above. I don't want you looking around. I don't don't care if you know who's to your right or to your left. It doesn't make any difference in the world. It's you and God right now because walls need to come down. Walls need to come down. Hey. I shall live in the land and I shall flourish. I shall see the days of my redemption for my God draweth nigh to me he clothed me in righteousness he's lifted me he's the lifter of my head and the restorer of my joy he makes the crooked paths straight he delivers sight to the blind he sets the captives free we are his chosen he is our victory he is our lily of the valley our bright and morning star i'm more than a conqueror nothing can separate me from the love of god he's restored me he has blessed me he has healed me and right now i'm calling liberation to myself that I will no longer be a captive to the enemy's devices. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My words are filled with glory, and I want to see victory. Call me, God, out of this tomb like you did Lazarus, and my marriage will live, and my faith will live, and my health will live, and my house will live, and our nation will live. And COVID won't kill us. And disease won't catch us. And we're going to be bigger than the divorce that's trying to destroy us. And our, our children are a blessing and a godly heritage to us. And we lift your name on high in this house. We give you the presence of glory to operate. Hey. We're on the fourth trip around, keep walking. We're on trip number four, keep walking. Keep giving him something to work with. He's a a word, God. He works with your words. I create the fruit of your lips. Whatever you say out of your mouth, Isaiah says he will create it. He works with the words that you give him. We're on trip five there's going to be a victory shout coming real soon families are going to be restored health is coming my god in heaven let your spirit rest in this place right now we need you holy god in the name of jesus this is it this is it this is trip number seven We're going to see victory. We're going to have it in the house. Are you going to keep walking? Or are you going to let the enemy talk your way out of it? are you ready God is a word God he works with what comes out of your mouth on the count of three I want you to give him a shout of victory and the walls are about to come down excuse me for a minute while I get my praise on because I know what's about to happen in somebody's life restoration and health and blessing and prosperity and favor is about to pour out this church. Get it on your lips. Get ready. One. By the time I get to three, I want you to open your mouth. Two. Are you ready? This is the seventh time around. The devil thought he killed you,
1: but he couldn't stop you. You kept walking. Here it is. Three. You move. and I believe I'll see you do it again I seen you move you move the mountains and I believe I'll see you do it again you made a way where there was no way and I believe I'll see you do it again now
0: as you feel inclined to I want you to step out from where you are
1: And I want you to take a
0: lap around this sanctuary. I don't care how fast or how slow, and if you're not physically able to, that's all right. You do it in your spirit. But I want you to just walk around because you're telling hell, look, I'm still walking. You thought you killed me? You thought you had me trapped? No, no, no. No, 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 devil, you hear me. I'm gonna walk this thing out. I'm walking in victory. I'm walking in purpose. I'm walking in blessing. I'm walking in favor.
1: I'm walking this thing, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way, and I